We are officially into September this time. It's not a joke. It's real. There is only four weeks left of regular season baseball, and there is still a ton to be determined. Did this week end help figure any of that out? We'll get into it. We're talking baseball. Talk some baseball. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I got my best friend and co-host Jake here with me, and we're going to talk about the weekend that was, the Labor Day weekend, what happened, who made moves, who fell on the standings, who gained ground, who threw a no-hitter. Imagine some of you listen to this and you don't know who threw a no-hitter. That would be bizarre. But Jake, how are you doing? I, it's likely, man. Still not a lot of people use the social medias enjoying their Labor Day weekend. I, I think we're... We're going to break some news to some people. So um, I'm, I'm doing well, man. Um, you're, you're right. I mean, we eased into September at the end of August, but it is September. It's kind of go time. I might have accidentally stumbled into a uh, maybe a potential uh, midweek talking episode for us, Jim. It's kind of something that's been on my head lately. Um, kind of like the last deciding month. Like I, I've got one guy in Enfuego where depending how his final month goes, it could change his out, his complete outlook for next season. Um, so Whoa. I, I thought that might be kind of a fun topic. Cause at the same time in Yankees land, you and I had a good debate the other day. Can Jay Happ do anything to salvage his year? Um, so I don't know. It could be a fun one, but I'm doing good, man. Had a, had an all right working weekend. Uh, our our Yanks did some fun stuff. We'll talk about that. Like you mentioned, no hitter. We had some good hitting, some good pitching. I bet there was good fielding too, Jim. How about that? Maybe. Maybe. Don't, don't. No spoilers. Don't don't act like there was if there wasn't. That's a big thing. That's true. How are you doing? Uh, I, well, to be honest with the people, I'm the grumpiest I've been in months and I'm really pissed off and I'm going to try and play through it and not let it uh, affect this episode. But if I seem perturbed, I fucking am a lot of behind the scenes stuff making me very angry today. Anyway, these people didn't make me angry. These people made me very happy over the weekend. These are our proud sponsors of this episode of Talking Baseball, and it starts off with a bang. Tawad Al Hardin. Tawad. Tawad? T-A-W-A-D. Tawad. Tawad. I don't know. John Sten. I know how to pronounce that one. John Sten. Todd Emanuele. Like that. Uh, Jeevis. 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 Matt Angle. Matt Angle. Sounds like a football player. Why? Matt Angle. I don't know. Get the angle. Make Cody Mays. That's a center fielder. Cody Mays. Graham Calfield. That's a uh, corner outfielder. Zach Clark. That's a shortstop or a pitcher. Nathan Myers. What do you got for Nathan Myers? Did you just go Caulfield, the corner outfield, because it just sounds like corner outfield? Graham Caulfield. No, uh, you kind you kind of just went Caulfield corner outfield. <laughs> it just kind of sounded corner, like that is a corner outfield word. name. It is a corner outfield name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zach Clark, what do you got for Nathan Myers? What position Nathan Myers is going to play? Myers feels like a pitcher. Myers okay. coming in out of the bullpen, got some good stuff. He's got to tighten it up a little bit. Chandler Riley, not to be mean, but you're not on the field. 
Ooh, tough. <laughs> Thank tough you, Chandler. Chandler Bing effect there, huh? Yeah, it's tough Chandler Bing. That's basically it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever met a Chandler. Like, I don't think I've ever come across a Chandler in real life besides Chandler Bing from Friends. So good for Chant here. Yeah, uh, thanks, Chandler. Yeah, I mean, Chandler Parsons, good NBA player for a little bit. Um, Tyson Chandler, that's the last name. Yeah, That doesn't count, yeah. Uh, Josh Carmel with a K, nice. Sean Weiss, Cullen DC, Todd Emanuele again. How'd you sneak on here twice? Wow. And Rachel. Thank you very much. Those are our most recent Patreon supporters and subscribers. And if they got in before September, they before September started, they are uh, on the raffle for August. Two people will win a jersey of their choice from affordablejerseys.com. And you get some behind-the-scenes access besides today because the computer's messing up on me and I don't know how to fix it. But usually you get to be in the live chat and watch on YouTube and uh, be part of the action with us. Unfortunately, today that's not going to happen. But thank you to our Patreon sponsors. We appreciate it very much. Jake, let's go into the baseball. Let's do the baseball stuff then. Let's do the baseball stuff. A lot happened, man. Quick moving game. Yeah. 15... Someone said that yesterday. They were like, I've never heard someone say baseball moves fast. I'm like, there's a game every day. Yeah. The Make NFL, sure. there's one game a week. You talk about it for six days. That's so Make slow. You're, if, you're, if your NFL team loses to the Dolphins, but then they beat the Patriots, you know, that's those are two weeks of two very different emotions. Baseball, you could have that day to day. In less than 24 hours. Yeah. Well, the National League report is going to be brought to you by Jake Storielli. Well, going to be, he's going to be giving it to you, but it's really it's brought to you by our friends at Roosevelt Shirts, R-S-V-L-T-S. We got a box full of them. You know what Jake and I got? We got the Major League from the movie Major League, Indians. You and I both got a pair of those. Different style, but that's what we both got for ourselves. They're super comfortable. They're fun conversation starter shirts. Uh, a lot of baseball players wear them. Like Judge went viral for wearing uh, the Sandlot one. And they got a lot of uh, TV shows and baseball teams. So go check those out. They got Ron Swanson cooking sizzling bacon. Everyone loves that. They got Lady, Lady, Lady Liberty, Labor oh. Day. Yeah. So if you use code JOMBOY, as soon as Labor Day ends, you get 20% off. So, uh Thanks to that. RSVLTS.com slash John Boy. They uh, curated a collection of all the baseball ones. And you use code John Boy, you get 20% off. They are on board with us. We're on board with them. Jake, the National Report. Good. What's the National Report? Okay, I, I didn't know if that was, I thought you had more coming. Um, all right, maybe I lost you on the FaceTime there. Jim, welcome to Atlanta where the players play. They played where the Braves, they welcomed your Chicago White Sox little interleague. Braves scored double digits in the first two games. Freddie Freeman, big series. Dallas Keuchel with a two RBI single. NL Baseball, his first hit since his rookie year. 
Atlanta just does what they do. They sweep again. The Nationals trying to keep up with Atlanta to stay in reach somehow. The Nats sweep the Marlins. Jim, your guy Strasburg is working his way into the NL Cy Young conversation. The New York Metropolitans, they take two out of three in the Illadelph. The Todd father, Wilson Ramos, doing some fun stuff for Los Mets. Philly salvaged the final game on the Kings order. Scott Kingery, bases clearing double for them. Good for the Mets. Going to Philly and getting a couple wins. Bad for Philly. In the Central, the Cardinals and the Reds played four games in two days. Back-to-back doubleheaders. Cards won the first three. Reds win the final game. St. Louis Keeps on keeping on. Jim, a pair of walk-offs by the Carpenter. Good with his hands, I suppose. And a Harry Bader. I had one of those removed by my doctor. The Southsiders hosted the Brew Crew. Cubs won game one, but they lose the remaining two games of the series. They get shut out in both of them, Jim, in kind of brutal shutouts. There was no dominant individual performance by Milwaukee. Seven pitchers in, in one game. Five pitchers in the other. Tough for the Cubs. And your Pirates, Jim. Oh, my God. They sweep my best friend Tim Melville's Rockies. Congrats, Pittsburgh, but more so, holy crap, my Rockies. They're now the second worst team in the National League. Jeez, Christmas. And then speaking of those Rockies in the NL West, you heard they're a dumpster fire still. The Dodgers went to the desert and get snake bit. By the Diamondbacks. D-backs win three out of four. We had a balk. Eduardo Escobar going off the Dodgers. They only win the last game due to some late heroics by some guy named Bellinger. And Young Jock in extras. And finally, the Fathers, Los Padres. They take three out of four in San Fran. Wheels are off for the San Francisco Giants. Whew. Well, tough for the Giants. Magic completely wore off, huh? Completely gone. They're, uh, I, I told you once, I, I told you, <laughs> no, uh, a couple episodes ago, they dropped under 500, and I, I was like, oh, that's the big red flag for San Fran. Once that goes away, it's all coming off, and there it is. Yeah. What about the Mets? Is their magic gone? Well, Jim, you know, you and I, you have your Mets. I have my Diamondbacks. They're uh, three and a half and four games out, uh, respectively. D-backs up the half game. Uh, I mean, it depends what hat you have on, Jim. I mean, like like we've been saying, there's a lot of teams to jump. Um, at, Jim, we are getting to the point in this wild card chase that's like the Cubs, Cubs or Cardinals would have to significantly falter. Um to kind of give these other teams a shot because it's two and a half games, sure. Um, but I mean, if if you start, if you include the Phillies who are two and a half games out of the wild card, Milwaukee's three, Arizona's three and a half, and the Mets are four. So it's kind of is everyone included or is nobody included? Yeah, well, it all depends on schedule and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's good for these teams that they get to have an exciting finish. I don't think they'll – I think it's – Milwaukee's on a slide, though. And Philly just lost two out of three to the Mets. But I, I, I think that it will be Cubs, Nats, 
Cardinals. One, you know, whoever whoever doesn't win the NL, the whoever doesn't win the NL Central between the Cubs and the and the Cardinals, one of them will be in the wild card, and then the Nationals. Yeah, and I mean, there's there is a chance that because uh, again, those those NL Central teams still play each other a decent amount. So I mean, maybe you know a couple sweeps here and there, and maybe Milwaukee's back in that NL Central talk. Um, but I mean, the Cardinals right now they're six up on the Brewers. They they seem pretty gone. Uh, the Cubs are three back of the Cardinals. So, but again, you get one one big series and you're right back in it. But yeah, Jim, I mean, right now. That I I guess what the National League is rooting for, and I I think they're they're one of the bigger teams, so I think the National League could get behind it. But I think the National League is just looking for the Cubbies to slip, <laughs> because Washington has run a, run away with the first wild card spot. They are four and a half up. Um, if the Cubbies can come back to earth a little bit, it really does bring in Philly, Milwaukee, Arizona, and the Mets again. I don't know, man. It's for me. I see them all as out, not in. So it's done. NL NL is decided. No, I mean a lot can happen, but I I wouldn't. I'd be more surprised if it was something. If it was a big change, than not. Yeah. The craziest I, thing about the NL report is that the Cardinals and the Reds played four games in two days. Yeah. Little- I know a lot of people joke about all like, oh, baseball. You just stand around. They're not really athletes. Go stand in the sun for eight hours back-to-back days. You'll be tired if, even if you don't move. Even if you don't move an inch, you'd just be exhausted. Be more that's, tired if you don't move, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that's just an exhausting fucking two days. And the Cardinals almost won all four games. That would be demoralizing. Thank God the Reds won the last one just for their sanity. Yeah, because that's Jim, that's almost torture to go play two games back to back and lose all four. We'll talk about torture. Two of those were walk offs, uh, Matt Carpenter and Harry Bader. So, yeah, I mean, that's almost if, if if there was another if all three were walk offs and then coming into that last game, it kind of would have been the definition of baseball torture. Reds end up getting the last one and Cardinals, man, they uh they, they deserve some golf claps. We um. I don't know. I, I picture a couple weeks ago, we're like, yeah, the Brewers are kind of fun. They'll throw the kitchen sink at you. They got Yelich. The Cubs, they're obviously the Cubs. They're trying to add some more to this Joe Madden, Chris Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, all those guys. And we're like, the Cardinals, I don't know. It's Carpenter, Ozuna. Who else do we like? Jack Flaherty's been huge, and they're they're starting to separate in the Central. Yeah. Damn. And then the other big news is that the Brewers and the Cubs faced off, and the Brewers had lost two series in a row and really like kind of started to dig a hole. They beat the Cubs two out of three um, on the road, right? This was in Chicago? In Wrigley, and they shut them out the last two games. The Cubs are a bizarre team. It must be very hard to be a Cubs fan right now. I mean, well, I don't really mean hard, but like, seems you know one series they're doing great the next series they're losing like you can't ever there's no balance it seems they seem like the most volatile team in baseball yeah and they're they should be like the playoffs 
And then maybe they're doing this thing where, like, hey, you know, like, we're good. If we just get in the playoffs, then they turn it on. If you're a Cubs fan, that's what you're saying. Like, you just need to get in there, and then we're good enough to turn it on. But also the pessimists are saying, like, if we can't string together three series now, how are we going to do it in the postseason? So the Cubs are kind of on this seesaw ride that will end them getting into the playoffs, but it is probably super frustrating as a Cubs fan to be like, what are we? Yeah, and they, they welcome the Mariners in town for two. Um, so that's uh, that's kind of funky. And then they've got the Brewers, and I think it's it might be a four-gamer. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we could be <laughs> – by, by this time next week, we could be saying very – again, we don't know what the Cubs. We could be like, wow, the Cubs came out and they were back at it. They're going on the road to Milwaukee where they've been terrible. Uh, I don't know, man. They, uh, I, I'm interested to see what we're saying a week from now about the Cubbies. Yeah. All right. All right. And then uh, nothing else really matters. Pirates and the Rockies. I know that's tough for the Rockies, but that's it's not of interest – to a lot of people. And the Dodgers are kind of not of interest to people. Like last episode, we didn't even really talk about the Dodgers because they're just on a get to the playoffs mode. They went, uh, what did they lose? D-backs went three of four, but does it affect a thing? No. <laughs> no. I mean, three of four, the, the biggest thing, it's, it's um, I mean, every, a couple fan bases pursuit for the best record in baseball. Um, right now the Yankees have it, but yeah, the Dodgers technically they've lost two of their last three series cause Yanks and D backs, but, uh, they don't care. They're very much, very much the Yankees, Houston, and the Dodgers are all in right now. They're in one, let's be healthy Two, Yeah, let's win. But those teams are just trying to get to the playoffs healthy. Yeah. And I'm trying to see who the Dodgers had they had Ryu but we talked about that last episode because that was the uh, Thursday game Ryu got lit up in game one against the Diamondbacks so that scares Dodgers fans a little bit because that's two back-to-back we talked about that then they had Tony Gonsolin the cat dude and he actually pitched fine I think that was uh he pitched fine but bullpen didn't really hold it there's the balk off I'm trying to see like uh, who pitched here? Clayton Kershaw, five innings pitch, five earned runs. Damn, so that's two losses with Ryu and Kershaw back-to-back. That's kind of – you got to think about that a little bit if you're a Dodgers fan. Yeah, some good Dodgers. If, if this was uh, talking Dodgers, there'd be some good pitching fodder right now. Who? How do, how do we want to line up our rotation? But I guess that's been a fun convo for them for a while. Then the, the Dodgers bullpen did good in the last game. So I don't think they're really – Whoa, Dustin May came out in relief after stripling and recorded one out and gave up four hits and three earned runs. Not ideal. Not good, Not good for the young redhead. Damn. Bummer. That's NL Central's the story still. It's going to be crazy, man. Yeah, Central's still the story. And, yeah, I mean, that – uh, if the Cubbies can bring it back to earth a little bit, I mean, we make the the Phillies Mets series that just happened would be more of a story. Um, uh, my baby Diamondbacks, we were talking about. Hey, does this matter for the Dodgers at all? You know, it, again, if those Cubs can come back a game or two, um, it brings four teams into the into the wild card chase immediately. So I, sorry, Cubs fans, and I know we we've got a couple big ones that have followed you and me from kind of the start. Uh, I'm sorry, but I think I'm 
kind of rooting against the Cubbies. Wow. Chaos. Give me chaos. I'm rooting for chaos, always. That's more fun when you're an outsider. Always. Like, the NL Central is way more fun to me than the NL West, and that's not even up for debate. Right. It's crazy. All right. Want to hear about the American League? Need to hear about the American League, Jim. You know who's bringing... Didn't watch a single game. Liar. You know who's bringing us the American League report? Squints Apparel. Squints Apparel reached out to us. They're fans of us. We're fans of them. Sandlot's in my top five movies of all time. I've written essays on it. I've done a lot of stuff on the Sandlot. And they're squints from the Sandlot. They got shirts with his face on it. Biggest thing about their shirts is that they are the softest shirts known to man, Jake. like that a lot. It says it feels like you're wearing clouds themselves. Someone actually said that to the guy who owns it. Someone said, like, oh, this feels like I'm wearing a cloud to the guy. And he's like, I like that line. I'm going to run with it. They got hats, shirts, sweatshirts. They got Legends Never Die bomber jackets. And if you uh, use the discount code JOHNBOY, you get 20% off. SquintsApparel.com. Follow them on all their social medias for some fun stuff. At SquintsApparel on all of that. So soft, you're going to want to walk and talk to them. Check out squintsapparel.com. They're an up-and-coming company, and we're an up-and-coming company, so we love teaming up with these people to try and help grow uh, everything. And uh, if you like The Sandlot, which you should, if you don't like The Sandlot, go watch The Sandlot and make sure that you watch it and you like it. It's just silly to me if you don't like The Sandlot. And get the squint shirt. I'm going to get the squint shirt. So go to squintsapparel.com. Use discount code JOHNBOY. You get 20% off. And here's the AO Report. The Cardinals had two walk-offs like Jake told you. Well, you know who else did? The Yankees. They beat the A's two out of three. The A's were leading in almost every inning besides the two at the very end. Two walk-offs in a row. Last game had a game-tying home run and then a walk-off home run back-to-back. The Astros battling the Yankees for best record in the American League. They took two out of three from the Blue Jays. Verlander threw a no-hitter. That's exciting. Minnesota Twins trying to fend off the Cleveland Indians. They were playing the Tigers. They took the first two of three from the Tigers, but they are playing game four today on Monday, so we'll see what happens. The Indians trying to chase those Twins, Jake. They get swept by the Rays. Oh, no. Cleveland drops to six games back in the division, and the Rays jump them in the wild card race. Big series sweep for the Rays. Texas and Seattle split a four-game set, which makes sense because I don't care about this series, and the outcome didn't matter, and it just all move on with our days. The Mariners had a ninth-inning win. Then the Rangers had a ninth-inning win, and it all just kind of was like a mirror series of nothing. The Royals took two out of three from the Orioles. Need not say anything else. And the Red Sox, they still got faith. They still believe. They took two out of three from the Angels, which brings them to five back in the wild card spot it was six before this weekend uh the first game went 15 innings before the red sox got the victory so the rays are now the top wild card spot in the al with cleveland below them and oakland just barely out yeah and jim it it's a 
one of the stories the American League, I think, is rooting for would be the Red Sox getting back in it. That would be big for baseball. If they don't, Jim, because they basically need two teams to falter while getting extremely hot, um, which, you know, the Red Sox have been waiting for that all year. Maybe they find it. Maybe they don't. Uh, Jim, I think what's becoming the fun story in the AL with these three wildcard teams, it's A, who's not going to get in, and then B, who's going to get the home field in that one-game playoff. Um, I mean, we we just saw Oakland. That stadium goes nuts. Imagine the Vuvuzuelas and people just going crazy in the stands for a one-game playoff in Oakland, Tampa. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay maybe Tam- tampa might be rooting for a road <laughs> wild card game is that rude <laughs> like we want i'd rather if i'm tampa i think i'd rather go to cleveland and have that stadium rocking and be like all right this is cool oh man shots fired. that is the i mean i know the rays are a good team and i'm sure they have a lot of diehard fans very respectable fans they don't have a good stadium a good environment or good fans that show up and that's a fact it's not even taking shots yeah like on average their games have less people than a high school football game in texas like much less (laughs) i mean i they probably uh, probably the state championship of florida high school baseball gets a bigger crowd than the race an average race home game easily yeah so, man, I'm actively rooting against that now. That's one of my, besides the Yankees well, getting home field advantage because I'm a Yankees fan, the Rays not hosting a wild card game is like high on my priority list. What a terrible look for baseball that would be. And, Jim, not for nothing, the Rays actually have uh, – I'll spin this. on <laughs> Jakey spin zone can always find a way. Rays have a better record on the road than at home. Well, even their own players don't like playing there. So no yeah, one does. I mean, when yeah, <laughs> uh, win win win. Uh, Tampa, if you make the wild card game, you have to make sure you don't get the home game. That's a big big what to watch for for the final month of the season. Don't do it to us. Yeah, man, that'd be that'd be. I'm just like, I'm just picturing. So you give me Cleveland or Oakland. And picturing that atmosphere and the night sky and the light shining down and the HD cameras and people kind of bundled up because it's October and they're like it's a little cold out and that playoff feel and the stadium's fucking rocking. And then you picture the trop and a bunch of people sitting in air conditioning. Oh, this is intense. The power just went out again. Oh, damn, man. Don't. Give me a wild Whoa. card game. Wait, in Tampa. which catwalk did that just hit? Oh, this is awesome baseball. God damn. Gonna be low ratings because honestly, like the uh, the casual casual observer, that doesn't grip them at all. No. Damn. Okay. Wow. Huge rooting interest for me that I just stumbled onto. Yeah, Tampa cannot that. host the wild card game. So let's, uh, Jim. Let's let's kind of. Let's hit up these wild card teams really quick because I think they are kind of the story of the AL in a couple ways here. Um, I I kind of want to give a little golf clap. I, I did the Minnesota Twins just win the AL Central? No, still six games, six six games against Cleveland. Okay. Um, they may have just like 
I wouldn't be against Twins fans if they're like, we just locked it up because we have faith in ourselves. Right. But, I mean, if Cleveland goes out and sweeps now, which they can, they're still a very stacked team, and the Twins only win two of three, then it's a five-game lead with six to play. And the Indians currently have more wins against the Twins than the Twins do against Cleveland. So we're still we're close. There's like one more series of buffer. Okay. But, um, but yeah, we're getting to that place where the Indians don't want to get. I keep telling them, keep trying to tell them, you want to keep it within five before you play them. Yeah. And I, 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 as I'm, as I'm giving the twins love and a little pat on the back, I mean that, that Jose Ramirez injury for Cleveland. I mean, it's, it, this sounds, this sounds too professional for what I want to be. <laughs> That's a funny sentence. Uh, but Jose Ramirez, it's it's no surprise that when he got hot, the Indians became one of the best teams in baseball, and now he gets hurt again, and now they're scuffling a little bit. He's a, he's a top-five MVP-type guy when he's right, and they lost him again after his putrid start. I mean, but they're not, like, scuffling that bad. They, lost, they, just, they got swept in one series. They swept the series before. They got four against the White Sox now. They should be able to take – three or four against the White Sox before going to Minnesota. And, uh, I mean, that'd be huge. Like, there's yeah. still – I don't think it's a uh, it's bad result. I don't think it's damning yet. Now, if they if they don't take three or four from the White Sox, then that's bad. They well, that's ha- what I'm it, saying. And, and we got to see it in their five and five in their last ten while uh, the other – I mean, all the other teams – uh, minus Oakland right now, who just jumped to that after what the Yankees did to them. But all the other teams are are moving up. So I I don't know. I mean Cleveland is it's it's on watch time for them. I'm I'm not saying they're out of it or they're they're dead in the water or anything. But um, man, Twins I mean, have a tough stretch coming up. I mean they got Boston, Cleveland, Washington, Cleveland. There you go. So that's it's not it's not dead in the water yet. But uh, Jimmy, wasn't a good weekend. East Coast bias. Um, I guess just talk about your Yankees. What they do this weekend? Probably, probably nothing. People actually care about. But let's hear it. Uh, the Yankees beat Oakland. They threw maybe one playoff starter out of the three games, and they stayed away from their good bullpen as much as possible. Um, Oakland, Oakland's good team. I, I think I like what Oakland is. Liam Hendricks, if you haven't tuned into him closing games, it's so impressive. They leaned on him for two innings, and he kind of he gave up some runs in the eighth, and then they just sat on his fastball, which is 98 miles per hour. It was 94 last year. Um, Yankees sat on that fastball towards the end of the game and hit two back-to-back home runs. But, yeah, Yanks uh, – Things keep winning. They're getting healthy soon, so that's good. Not yeah, the, the, I Jim. They back to back walk offs, dramatic fashion. Yesterday they go home run to tie it in the ninth, and then next hitter walks it off. Brett Gardner and Mike Ford. You know, just the Yankees household names. All those overpriced guys the Yanks always throw out there. Oakland kind of like won the series, but they did not. The Yankees ended up on top of the final two games there. Um, and yeah, I've, I've got a little bit of a, the, the A's are a really good team. Matt Olson, man, you, you know how much I'm swooning for him. Uh, that whole A's infield is awesome. If Chris Davis gets it going for them, they can be really scary. 
Uh, Jim, I've got kind of a hot take on Hendricks because his stuff and his season has been absolutely electric. But I think the Yankees seeing him back-to-back so recently, I think that definitely helped with their at-bats against him. And the the games I've seen Hendricks this season, because a lot of the late-night games I'll flip over and it's a late Oakland game and I see Hendricks. And he kind of he peppers that fastball, and it's awesome. It's 98-99. Um, but I think you can hunt for it a little a little bit, like you said the Yankees were doing. So I don't know. I think if the Athletics do find themselves in a five, seven-game series at some point, I uh, I have a little bit of concern about Hen- uh, Hendricks just because his past playoff stuff, because especially if you get him once, that past stuff comes back to life, and now he's a concern for them, even though he's been incredible this season. Yeah. His stuff is cool. When he has the fastball and the slider going off that, it's really good. Uh, Ford got him into a 3-2, at ba- uh, 3-2 count and then sat fastball. Gardner Gardner knows pitchers are going to throw him fastball because they think they can just easily – they think they could easily throw fastballs past Gardner, and Brett Gardner turned on a 98-mile-per-hour fastball. Pretty fun. I was looking at who I was looking at who the Indians threw against the Rays, Jake. Yeah. Bieber, Bieber, Plutko, and Plesak. Um, no Clevenger and no Savali, who's really been really good for them last six games or so. I think you gave him on Fuego. So they so two of their best pitchers didn't go in that series. I'm sure they would rather have Bieber, Clevenger, Savali lined up. Now they got to win. So that's two wins they should get against the White Sox. They got to get another win. I think Bieber's yeah. going to go. So they'll have their three guys going against the White Sox. Maybe they lined it up for the Twin Series. We'll see. And and the other thing, I mean, it was my uh, my uh, my award at the end of the show last week, but uh, Carlos Carrasco returned. He pitched out of bull bullpen for them, so there was some emotions going on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they can get him going a little bit. And How do you Tampa, do? Tampa, we've uh, we've mentioned it too, but Tampa's looking to get some of their arms back. So the uh, the September arms race. How did Carrasco do? Um, I'm trying to bring it out. Let's see. He did my AL guy. Um, one innings pitch, two hits, one earned run. There you go. Well, not the best, not the worst, not not great. Whatever. Getting First ready back. for the postseason, ideally. Ideally. All right. You want to go on to some segments? I mean, we do have uh, some big topics that are coming up, but I think they naturally land into some of our segments. So, yeah, here I was going to say our, our, our Astro fans might be mad about us, but they know it's coming. So they know what's coming. It is the standout performance. Who gets to go first? Standout performance. I believe Mondays are are Poppy Patron. Um, NL goes first. Jim, uh, I am giving out my standout performance, and I I put a light light twist on performance because this guy performed all series against the Dodgers. Eduardo Escobar for my Diamondbacks. You you know I've been on the Diamondbacks all year. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving you guys a hard time. But... Eduardo Escobar, Jim, he homered in three straight games. Uh, he goes eight for 18 with five runs, six RBIs. And, Jim, again, we, I know we were, <laughs> we were mocking the snakes a couple eps ago, but if these cubbies do slip, they are just 
they're with these other teams. They are right there with the Mets and the Phillies, that second tier of playoff teams. But they no respect, man. East Coast bias. Um, Jim, I've got a couple. You know, I, I've got a couple recurring themes that come up in an episode. Um, we'll we'll get to one of them. A Eduardo Escobar, Venezuelan man. I'm falling in love with all these Venezuelan men. Put that on the soundboard. Ronald Acuna. Uh, oh, <laughs> girlfriend was in the other room. Just gave me a funny look for saying that sentence. Um, and, and I've got some more Venezuelan love later. Jim, he was a part of this Twins team that imagine if he was still on there. Uh, and Jim, you know I like to give out kind of seasonal awards as we go too. Do you know Eduardo Escobar's kind of stat line on the season this year? What do I want to know it? Or like what? Like what kind of year do you think Eduardo Escobar's having? Oh, I mean. Absolutely zero. I wouldn't guess. Okay. So, Jim. I wouldn't know what's good for him, what's bad for him. I just know he's funny when he yells. So, Eduardo Escobar, 32 home runs on the season, 109 RBI, um, playing third base, second base for the D-backs. Um, he's going to end up with 70-plus extra base hits. I know you and I ended up down that road last year with Andujar a lot. Um and Jim, the dude's just got some crazy pop in his back. He's having one of his best seasons ever. Um, he was a, a decent prospect. He was traded for uh, was it Yo for Liriano back in the day in 2012, and then the Twins flipped him last year to the D-backs. Um, he's he's hitting. He's on a pretty team friendly contract, and uh, he's trying to lead the Snakes back into this wild card race. Race. So I'm giving it to Edwardo Escobar. Is is thirty two home runs? How's that compare to like the league? Like you know, like I'm just trying to say, like, is that is that juice ball? But even comparing to the rest of the league, is that impressive now? I I think thirty two is still an impressive. I think I think what we're gonna see at the end of the season, Jim. I think we're gonna see a couple guys with thirty that were like, okay. But I, I think Eduardo, I mean, he's got a good chance to land at 40, which, um, juice ball or not, I, I'm not sneezing at 40 home runs ever. We got, I'm trying to see how this goes. We got, if you have 27 home runs, you think it's pretty, pretty like you can say, those guys will have 40. Those guys will have 30 at this point, three yeah. home runs in the month. So in the National League, there's 25 guys with 27 home runs right now. That's crazy. I want to compare it to uh, let's do 2016. How many guys ended with 30 home runs? 11. Yeah. So double. 2008, double. 2018, 30 home runs, 13. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'll say this. Eduardo, if he has a strong last month, he could finish top 10 in the NL and home runs. And Jim, I mean, that list is pretty strong. Right now it's Muncie, Donaldson, Bell, Arenado, Acuna, Freeman, Eugenio Suarez for Cincy, Yelich, Bellinger, and Alonzo. So, I mean, one, as long as you finish high enough <laughs> and you're still amongst the good names, you'll be good. But there definitely will be some home run tiers this year that we look back and we're like, oh, well... In 2014, I'm just poking in random years. In 2014, guess how many players had 30 home runs or more? In the National in, League. This in is the just National, National League. League um, nine. Three. Wow. And we're looking at 30 this year. Juice ball, baby. 
six in 2015. <laughs> I mean, the numbers are like when you really like, you know, you hear juice ball, juice ball, you know, but when you really look at the numbers, they're staggering. Well, and that's the part that's so crazy because Jim, I, I, Eduardo Escobar leads the league in triples, by the way. So how about that, everyone? Um, but we did see baseball kind of have this revolution of pitchers are throwing harder. Guys are trying to hit home runs. And we had that developing, which was cool. It was like this natural evolution of baseball. Now the juice ball has made it a not natural evolution of baseball. Yeah. Well, 2017 was the first like juiced ball. Um, and we had 13 people with 30 home runs. And then well, I don't, last I don't year, even think that was – I don't think that's fully linked to the ball. The ball really changed this year. I, no, I think, no, no. The ball changed into – it was the same – it wasn't as much as this, but all the players were saying the same exact thing, and then last year it corrected, and now this year it's even worse. In 2017, yeah. like, to knock out the changes grip, Verlander was saying when you sign the ball, it's just slippery as hell. Right. And then remember the postseason, the Dodgers and the Astros, and it was just like home run, home run, and they were like, these balls aren't real. So yeah. it was 2017 was the first like inkling corrected and now it's terrible. Yeah. But if we're saying if you're sitting at 27, you're going to get 30. We're looking at 25 guys. 2014. It was three. <laughs> Changing That's game. Crazy. That's crazy. Escobar's 11th most in the NL. So, yeah. So, I mean, again, it, he could he could easily with a good September end up 40 home runs and kind of leading these diamondbacks i mean they traded goldschmidt in the offseason they traded away grinky at the deadline and they're still involved i mean good good for the d-backs yeah good for the d-backs all right my standout performance who's your guy jim i, I can't believe you missed this one jay yeah Mr. i uh i gave you the gentleman's nod on this one i stole it from you i got there first total <laughs> oversight right back <laughs> that'd be illegal Typed it in. Whoever types it in first gets it. Verlander, man. Yeah. Oh, a lot of Yankee fans hate Verlander. Jake and I have openly talked about how much we enjoy watching Verlander pitch. It's better when it's not against the Yankees. Um, and I'm sure any non-Astros fan will say, yeah, I like it when it's better when it's not my team, too. <laughs> but, dude, he is so dominant. Throws the no-hitter third of his career, as we all know. It's his second complete game in his last three starts, Jake, and the one that wasn't a complete game he got ejected from. So, you, so he can always say, "Huh, could have been three. <laughs> He's got that to fall back on. Could have been three in a row. We never know." Uh, this was a dominant, dominant per performance. In the first inning, he walked Kevin Biggio, and it wasn't any. I, I like went and watched it. It wasn't any borderline pitches. Uh, he was just missing a spot high. It was a real walk. Uh, and that is the only base runner to reach base. No error, no anything like that, because he just fucking dominated the rest of the way. What? Eight, one, two, three innings. He was touching 97th in the seventh. I did a breakdown, did an overlay of some of his curves and fastballs. They're incredible. Um, like we've called this, we've called it a fuck you fastball for like three seasons now, but people that, listen and follow are just hearing that term for the first time because a lot of people were like oh what's that but he'll throw right down the middle a fastball yeah. and just say fuck you you won't hit that and they don't it's it's crazy it's that late life he's got that um 
the spin rate, it's nuts, but yeah, man, it's so impressive. And then I had a lot of people commenting on YouTube or replying on Twitter like, it's the Blue Jays. They suck. Um, the Blue Jays can hit. Their pitching sucks. Yeah. And I did the math on it, Jake. In the month of August, the Blue Jays averaged eight and a half hits a game. A game. Eight and a half hits. So it's not a lowly offense. No. Zero hits for the Blue Jays against Verlander. That's, I mean, it's the most standout performance we've had on the show. Yeah, and it's uh, he deserved it. No hitter, his third no hitter. I want to say the years were, I want to say the years were oh seven, eleven, and now nineteen, or it's oh seven, fourteen, and nineteen. They're spaced out pretty well. <laughs> Guy's been pretty good, huh? Um, and yeah, Jim, I think uh, fuck you, fastball. Maybe that might be an episode at some point. Uh, like our our top five guys that if it was a three one count and you know the heater's coming, who's is who's is the most unhittable? I think Verlander's still number one, um, and it's not due to miles per hour. Well, <laughs> his miles per hour still help, but you're right. It is he's got the movement. He's gonna put it there, and it, he'll dare you. I'm Justin Verlander. Hit it. Um, you know, I Syndergaard, I, Degrom. I'm trying to think. There's got to be a lot of others. I mean, even someone like Araldis Chapman uh, when when he's oh, peppering yeah. it. Um, but I Verlander still like there's there's just not an ounce of fear and I you've heard me say it multiple times I think he's our generation's Nolan Ryan I think he's <laughs> he's not slowing down Jimmy <laughs> he's not slowing down um, and I I don't know I think it's it's so funny he's just gonna be someone that you and I I think talk about in a special way for a long time. Um, because there's there's something in sports that when you see it regularly, you remember it. And he, Justin Verlander, is always going to be our Nolan Ryan. I'm sure 20 years from now, there's going to be some kid twirling it that looks awesome. And he has a fuck you fastball. And I'll be like, ah, you should have seen Nolan Ryan. Or no, you should have seen <laughs> Verlander. Dude, I, I tweeted this out and... Uh... It's 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 recency bias to the T, but I think when I close my eyes in ten years and and imagine Verlander, I'm gonna my first memories are gonna be the World Series and him in an Astros uniform. Yeah, which kind of yeah. sucks. I I was like that sucks for Detroit fans, and some guy was like sucks for you when he's gonna go into Hall of Fame as a Tiger, and I was like, well, of course he's gonna go into Hall of Fame as a Tiger. That's an entirely different point, and that won't suck for me at all. I don't care about that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll hold your horses. I, I think Verlander's got a lot of innings to still throw. Um, and if he were to get another ring in Houston, I mean, I, doing the neutral hat, I don't think that's out of the equation at all for Justin Verlander. Um, and I mean, he, I know he has racked up a lot of stats. I think he's got more to go. Um, he's 36. So how much more do you think he's going to go? Dude, I'm I'm just saying. I think even if he he can, I think he can make it to forty. I think he might be able to make it past forty. Like just he just look at the environment, man. He's in Houston. Like they did the Clemens stuff. Like Verlander, he can still dial it up. Like he throws the game. Like what's what's the there's a term for it in baseball. There's max effort guys. Justin Verlander isn't a max effort guy. He just rocks, deals, and throws it in there. Um, and I, I just think, you know, I'm not going to say he's just getting started, but I mean, it, do you, do you think he can make it to 40 if he wants to? Yeah, but that still would only put him at, uh, 
six years in Houston, 13 years in Detroit. Yeah. Cy Young, MVP uh, in Detroit. So, I mean, I I still think there's no way Detroit is not part of his Hall of Fame hat. No. But I, and I think it will be Detroit. You know, maybe he signs a contract and finishes his career as a Detroit Tiger, like in his last year, and then that would really solidify him being a Tiger. Sure, um, he could pitch another five in Houston. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it, how it winds down, um, especially if he does get another ring or something. Because that's, I saw your tweet about it, and that's what a lot of people were saying. I mean that, uh, that ring, man, Jimmy. Right now he. Okay, this, Jake, use stats when you can, Jake. Jimmy, Justin Verlander in this age 36 season, you know, he's coming coming downhill. He leads the league in games started, in ERA, in strikeouts, innings, ERA plus, in whip, and hits per nine innings. It's not stopping. Yeah. I think it will stop eventually. Everyone hits a wall. I mean, it has to, but... It, he's like replicating last year. I don't know, man. It just looks so free and easy. Whew. Whew. Well, he's a standout performance. Let's get into uh, some of the opposite. Slump watch. Slump watch. We had a lot of people on slump watch from last week that we have to update. A ton. And the first one is Rochned Odor. I think this is his third week in a row on Slump Watch. He went three for 14 with two doubles. He had a hit in three of the four games and two walks. So he was on base five times in the four games. It's not a clap-worthy off, but I'm taking him off. Yeah, he he goes off with the tip of the hat. You're off, kid. You did enough. Enough. Next up, Daniel Vogelback from the Seattle Mariners. He was in a bad way. He goes off in this Rangers series. In the four games, he went four for 13 with a home run and four walks, which gave him a 471 on base percentage in the four games. I'm clapping for my boy, Daniel Danny V. He's off, slump watch. Good job. Good job. Um, Next up, Ozzy Albies. Six for 11, two doubles, three walks, one RBI. Oh, it was actually four walks. So there was an intentionally walk. His slash line was a 545 batting average, a 643 on base percentage. Not only did Ozzy Albies get himself off slump watch, he went from shame to flame, Jake. That's big yeah, time that's claps. A, that's a serious shame to flame. Bigger claps than Danny V. Uh, Sorry, Dan. And Jim, if you remember, I think last episode, Ozzy was close to getting off, and we said, no, like, you want to be Ozzy Albies, get yeah. off. And he he uh, he proved it. In bad news, yeah, Trevor Bauer, another bad start, man. Four innings pitched, seven hits, six earned runs, three walks. What's going on? Did, did, if, if he was still with Cleveland and things still mattered – do you think he'd be pitching better? Do you think this was natural? Do you think it's a change of scenery? It is his first trade. And if you listen to players, they say, like, change of scenery is real. Just like your routine is real. And 
Like Giancarlo Stan said that when he came to the Yankees, or he he said it like in so many ways. But you know, CC Sabathia said it like when uh, when you don't know like what time you get to the stadium, who you say hi to, where you go, and everything's kind of off because they're such creatures of habit. I think that might be what's going on with Bauer because he's still good pitcher. The results just suck. Yeah, and I I think. There's there's probably a, a little bit there's a little bit of everything going on new environment he did he did get traded as when he was a young prospect with the Diamondbacks to Cleveland it was that the Didi Gregorius trade, um, but yeah no and it, I mean Bauer he's he's a character you never know I mean he's he's the kind of guy that he had two good starts mixed in with Cincinnati so maybe it's a comfort level maybe it's not being a part of the race. Um, uh, he seems like <laughs> you mentioned creature of habit. Trevor Bauer's a, a creature in a couple different ways. Uh, hopefully, he's just finding his bearings because that would be. Uh... And and honestly, does Cincy really care that much? No, I mean they're just right? they're just hoping it doesn't carry over. You know. Yeah, exactly. So but. just stay healthy, figure it out a little bit. Cincy's... I will say if I'm if I'm Cincy, I, I'm like maybe they're pitching. To ask Castillo, um, Sonny Gray to, like, do this again next year when, like, hopefully it matters more, I guess a bit of tall order. Yeah, that's tough. I, I, athletes don't really have that mindset on, I don't think. A- athletes think they're going to do it again or they're going to do it better next year, you know? Well, I don't care about what the athlete thinks. Right. It's, it's hard for athletes to do that. So as a fan, I'd be like, right. damn, we may have wasted some really good seasons here of Sonny Gray. Maybe. Uh, Jalen Beeks, you threw him on here. And this is a weird one, Jake. He was struggling. So the Rays used him as the bulk guy. They had an opener go. Then they brought Beeks in. And he goes three innings pitched, four hits, zero earned runs. And then they took him out. Like he, he only threw like 40 or less pitches by design. So I like this is off slump watch, but the fucking Rays ruin everything with their weird baseball. Cause like, I don't know, man, dude, we're supposed to be like a starting pitcher who does really good for you or, you know, have a throw like 90 pitches a game and you threw 40 and it was good, but it's not what anyone wants. So whatever pisses me. Ray's pissed me off. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good with Jalen. You did, <laughs> did your job three innings out of the bullpen. I'm, I'm all right with you. That's not what he's supposed to do though. Yeah. Supposed to be a starter that throws a hundred pitches. It's not how it works anymore. And then Ryu did not pitch. Well, he did pitch as bad, so he's still on. Uh, Justin Upton was on here. Yeah, this is this is good, Jake. Justin Upton went three for ten with one home run against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, he had two starts in the first game. He pinch hit in the eighth inning, and he hit the ball off the pitcher's ass. It ricocheted to third base. He gets a single to load the bases. That's how you get yourself off slump watch. The whole crowd, the fans, the manager's like, finally caught a break. Nice. Build off this. And then he did. He got two more hits in the series and a home run later on. I mean, you just got to get the right break. And hitting the pitcher in the ass and getting that nice break and that bounce did it for him. It was smart. It was a smart play by Justin. Yeah, that's that's a good chapter in the how to get off slump watch by Justin Upton. (laughs) <laughs> uh josh hayward just he started he started Jason one game hayward, right? 
Jason Hayward, yeah. One start, two games, 0 for 6, two strikeouts, still on. Stays. All right, did you add a bunch of people? The other update was Charlie Morton. He goes five inning, 5.1 innings, four hits, one earned run, three walks, eight strikeouts. Charlie Morton, good job. You guys swept. You're off. Who'd you yeah, add? Yeah, Jim. Jim, so we had a lot of guys come off, uh, which slump watch. If you're coming off, you got to have guys coming in to replace you. Um, so I'll uh, and Jim, this was actually my guy uh, that I mentioned at the start of the show. Who he can change how how he is looked at coming into 2019 in a big way. Juan Mokata for the Chicago White Sox, second base, third base. Jim, he had a tough weekend, and he's three for his last 33. Dude's having a great year. Um, and Jim, like if he finishes strong, they can look at Juan Moncada and be like, man, he's, if he takes another leap, he could be a special guy for us. If he finishes with a bad September, they can have some questions about, uh, Juan Moncada again. So I, I threw him on Slipwatch three for 33. No bueno. Jim, our guy, Yaya Puig, the wild horse. He goes 1-for-12 this weekend versus Tampa for his Cleveland Indians. He's 1-for his last 19. Uh, Puiger, they're throwing you in the middle of the lineup. Jose Ramirez out. They need you. Jim, for those Cincinnati Reds, Freddie Galvis. I was freaking out that the Jays just released him and didn't trade him for anything because he's going to have 25 homers from the shortstop position. Plays a good shortstop, too. He is one for his last 26 for your Cincinnati Reds. Uh, wasting Sonny Gray's good year. And then, Jim, I wanted to get a couple arms on here because it, sometimes it's tough to work in the arms. For those same Chicago White Sox, Dylan Cease, big-time pitching prospect. Jim, in his last three, 13 innings pitched, 16 earned runs, 11-plus ERA in those games. He was the 21-ranked prospect. Uh, coming into the season, it's part of what makes beautiful baseball beautiful and a six sport is that he's coming up and he's getting rocked to the tune of a six nine two ERA. He had a couple good starts before that, but baseball Susan and then Jimmy finally your guy, Doctor K, Caleb Smith. His last three 16 innings pitch, 16 earned runs. We're not a math podcast, but that's a nine ERA. Jim, he was having a really nice year. We saw him as a Yankees young guy coming up. He was always looking for that third pitch as a starter. It looked like he kind of found it this year. He had an ERA of 3.82 in this juiced era of baseball. That was three starts ago. Now he's up to a 4.3 ERA. He's a guy, if he has a good September, you could look at Caleb Smith and be like, wow, that was a really nice year. We can build off that. If he has a tough September, ends up with an ERA over 4.5, I mean, that's a brutal break after he had such a good, like, four-fifths of a season of baseball. So It's hard to put together a full year. In the dog days of August, when you're in Miami and nothing matters, and you can kind of say, like, hey, I had a good year, and then you mentally just kind of take some starts off, and bam, now your year's not looking that good anymore. So um, if I'm a – I was going to say if I'm a Marlins fan, I'd still think of Caleb Smith as a good asset moving forward, but – I don't even know if Marlins fans care. You you guys couldn't see it, but when John Boy said, if I was a Marlins fan, he got shivers all over his body. I was, well, this is what it is, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I was trying to address any Marlins fan that listens to this. Right. Like, I don't think there is. Wow. 
So if you are a Marlins fan that you listen to Talking Baseball, reach out. That's thank you very much. Let's talk. Yeah. I just think like John Carlos Stan when he got traded, he said, "Be a fan, but be a fan from afar for a while." I don't know if anyone's tuning in this much it's in tough. Miami. Dirt nasties on fuego. That means I'm on fire, baby. Like Waco. Woo! I I ran the Enfuego section this week, and I got so many guys here, Jake. A lot of guys having gr- had great August and had great series to end it. Anthony Rendon. I know you had him on here a little earlier. This weekend, he went 7 for 10. 7 for 10 with three home runs. 7 for 10 with three home runs. Crazy. He ends his August... The 394 batting average, a 450 on base percentage. Pretty good month of August for Anthony Rendon and the Nationals, who, like we said, kind of have that wild card spot solidified. Leading, uh, sp- leading the NL in batting right now, Jim. Yeah, well, his teammate Juan Soto, who's 20 years old, 2-0 in his second MLB season. He has four multi-hit games in a row now. And in those four games, he's 9 for 16 with five doubles, a triple, and two home runs. That's five plus one is seven plus two is nine. He didn't hit a single in his last four games. He's got nine hits, none of them singles. Holy moly, Juan Soto is growing off. He might have 40 homers. <laughs> He's nuts. Yeah. J.D. Martinez for the Red Sox. In his last nine games, he's uh, got a 524 on base percentage and a 441 batting average. But in his last nine games, he has 18 RBIs. That's what really stood out to me. The Red Sox need you need the Red Sox want to win. They want to make this a real thing where they actually can get a wild card spot. Uh, you can have a really good batting average. You can have a really good on-base percentage. But if you're not scoring runs yourself or driving in runs, it means nothing to the team. And 18 RBIs, I don't even know how many runs he scored, but he probably has a lot of those as well. So J.D. Martinez is doing what he can. Might be too little too late, but he's doing what he can. This one's an odd one for Enfuego, Jake. Kevin Biggio. Three hits in this last series, only three hits, two home runs, but only got to reach base during the no-hitter. And that means he's the most on-fire Blue Jay. That's a, yeah, I mean, that's a big win. You can really peacock around around the guys after that one. So home run in game one versus the Astros, home run in game two versus the Astros, got on base game three, only one to do it. Basically a home run. Yeah, and I'm 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 rooting for Cavan, man. He uh he's totally an on base percentage guy, which I know baseball has to come to grips with, or some some people are struggling. It, his batting average is two fourteen on base three forty five. So I don't know. I I I'd like to see Cavan get a couple more hits in there. Get that batting average up to like two thirty. What's his uh, What's his slugging? What's his OPS? Slugging three eighty eight OPS seven thirty three. So he needs the. Yeah, a couple so, more yeah, hits just, and make them hard. It, just turn it up a little bit, babe. You know, speaking of the baby Jays, 
uh, Bo Bichette. Yeah. He swings too hard. Uh, he, he swings too hard. I don't know if anyone has like, watched a lot of Blue Jays or we have a lot of Blue Jays. I'd love to see him just dial down his swing like a notch. Yeah. Okay, man. Yeah. You don't need to swing that hard. It it sounds a little old man yelling at Cloud, but no, it's uh it's real. Like I I know I watched a couple swings and I was like he's gonna hurt his knee. Yeah, like it's, it's just much. violent. Yeah. Uh, Todd Frazier. Yeah. He had a good series. He was slumping so bad. The Mets are not happy with signing Todd Frazier. Cano, Diaz, Birdie Van GM's moves are all not really the greatest. Um, Jed Lowry. It's like they're all kind of not hitting, but. Todd Frazier, friend of mine, not really, follows me on Twitter, and he's from a town over from where I live right now, and I like Todd as a guy a lot. He had a great series. Six for 11, two home runs, eight RBIs, 615 on base percentage in the uh, the three-game set. So good for good for old Toddy, Todd Frazier, doing Tom's River proud. Um, oh, here's another fun one, Jake. Anthony Santander. From your Baltimore Orioles. Santander. He, Santander. He went 12 games without a multi-hit game. And during that 12-game stretch, he batted 102, which is bad. Tough. Then, in a game against the Tampa Bay Rays, he unloaded for five hits in the game. Since then, and that's six games since then, he has a 520 batting average goes five hit night and then multiple hits after that after hits off that six games four home runs 11 rbis 520 batting average so he's going off after a quiet spell nelson cruz he has been in fuego almost the entire season and the stat that i pulled up that i love about nelson cruz is that in his last 17 full games played because he had some where he pinch hit some where he started but came out early i didn't count those in games where he got his four at bats 17 full games played his last 17 he has more multi-hit games than one or less hit games he has 10 multi-hit he has 10 multi-hit games and seven with one hit or less out of his last 17. So when he's hitting, he's hitting like, I'm here for the long haul this game. Like, oh, pitcher, you just let me get one hit, I'm going to get another on you. Big game, he's Nelson going. Cruz. Yep. And then, why, like you, I wanted to find some pitchers. Uh, Strasburg had uh, two games in a row with double-digit strikeouts and three good starts in a row. So good for you, Strasburg. A lot of nationals on the Infrago section uh, kind of adds up. And then Keuchel, dude. Keuchel has four starts that are really good in a row. Six innings pitched, zero earned runs. Six innings pitched, one earned run. Seven innings pitched, zero earned runs. Six innings pitched, two earned runs. A 1.08 ERA in his last four starts. Sorry if I just hit you with too many numbers at once, but a lot of, a lot of guys on Fuego uh, with cool things to be talked about Keiko though good pickup yeah Jim and that that was funny I, I know he he had one blow-up game and I saw Yankees Twitter freaking out like oh this is the guy you wanted guess what he's got a 372 ERA the Yankees would basically beg for that from a starting pitcher if you take out Keiko's one start I know some people hate when I do this but if you take out one of his 14 starts 
He has a three-flat ERA for the Braves. He's been great for them. He's Jim, a couple episodes we asked who was going to get the ball for the Braves in the playoffs. Keuchel's getting one. What if you take that, make that start and just make it, how many runs did he give up in that start? So he went, his one bad start is 3.2 eight earned runs. Oh, never mind. That's bad. Yeah. I don't like when you take out the full game, but if you were like, if this was like a normal start, this is what his ERA would be. Like, this was his average start. Like, if you gave him a quality start instead of the, the terrible one. But that's so bad, you can't even do that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one bad start. It was, against, it was at Miami, so maybe he just didn't care about the game. Everything else has been great. He's good. Been good for them. Got a nice beard. Hey, we, we were talking earlier, like, if we thought Keiko was going to get a ball in the playoffs. And I, I think we were like, I don't know if he would get, you know, top three starter. But looking like he may. I don't yeah, know. I'm not, I'm not that interweaved. I, I would have to ask a Braves fan. I think nine of his last 11 starts have been quality starts. I think I did that right. That's pretty crazy. Now, this re- this four-game stretch, and it depends how you view the Mets, they're all against right. not top-tier teams. It's like Marlins, Mets, White Sox, Mets, I believe. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but, so who, 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 who's the Braves' top three, then? Braves top three, I, I think you're looking at um, Keuchel. He's not your game one. You're giving it to uh, Soroka game one. Um, and then you've got Teheron and, and, and Freed are, are both having solid years too. So I think you've got, you've got four depending how the series is going. Is it Freed? It's Tehran and I thought it was Fried. Fried, Freed. Fried Max, oh fun name, yeah Fultonewitz. He's not. He's not. He's not doing. It. Nah, he's not getting it. Uh, Gossman not getting it. So yeah. Soroka though, dude. I feel like he's not talked about enough at all. Not nearly enough. Two four four ERA. He doesn't have the strikeouts. People love the K's, baby. I don't. I'll be Soroka's biggest fan. I don't give a fuck about strikeouts. There you go. Jimmy you're Soroka. A big, you're, you're a big strikeout guy. They're there. They're a stat. It's like the rest of them, baby. No, you, you value a, a pitcher who strikes guys out over a guy who doesn't more. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Dude, two four four ERA is pretty good. It's really good. He's only had one game where he allowed more than four runs. So if we were to do my John Boy stat, he'd like it'd be off the charts. And you you value strikeouts too. No, I don't. If- if the Yankees, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. If the Yankees were facing a starting pitcher that had a 3-5 ERA and he had 200 strikeouts, or the Yankees were facing a starting pitcher that had a 3-5 ERA but he had 100 strikeouts, which guy would you rather face? There would be other factors that go into it. I do not, I, like, I do not when it comes to Cy Young, and we'll do this later on, more strikeouts don't give you a notch up if you if in Cy Young voting, in my opinion. You're right, I think but it's I, crazy. how many times on the pregame show this year have you seen a strikeout guy against the Yankees and you'd be like, oh, that's 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 more of a tough matchup. But if they're not a strikeout guy, you're like, well, that's that's that seems to favor the Yankees just a little bit more. Um, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I feel like like Homer Bailey and like pitchers like that are scarier. Is he a strikeout guy? 
Uh, he was last start against the Yanks. Yeah. Yeah. But no, like, I, I don't think strikeouts are more valuable than when you look at Cy Young. And I'm in the vast minority there. Yeah. But outs and out. Like, when Chin Ming Wong was not even, like, in contention for Cy Young because he didn't get a lot of strikeouts, I was like, that's bullshit. Outs and out. And when you don't strike everyone out and you get ground balls, you can last longer in the game. So, like, they should be awarded, not not taken away from a pitcher. It's a better strategy. So, that's that. That was my last in Fuego. Yes, sir. We got, who did the Orioles? still don't have this Gary Thorne soundbite. Damn. Damn. Um, but the Orioles didn't really get anyone hot. You have two names in here. But I don't really count them. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I mean, the Orioles—they were playing Kansas City, which again, talk talk about a, a tough watch. Hey, Orioles and KC fans. Um, but I did. I wanted to give uh, the two guys that did get some hits for the Royals, uh, Mabris Villoria, uh, the young 22-year-old catcher, and Adalberto Mondesi. I think I just want to say the names. They're 22 years old and 23 respectively. They combined to go seven for 12. But the Orioles. Technically, I don't think they get claps, but they didn't really get anyone significantly hot. Our dude, John Means, had a, a good start. Seven innings pitched, five hits, two earned runs for the Orioles. Love so I think, I think it's more celebrate that. Uh, Mondesi just came back from the IL or just, or just got called up. It was his first start in a long time, and he went four for five in the one game. Baby so he Royals. Just, he, he just been hot. Um, yeah. The next up, what's the next one we do? Ooh. Jim, you got a big, a big who got mad sack. What in the hell are you doing? You gotta <laughs> be kidding me. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. That is unbelievable. That is totally absurd. <laughs> I love that soundbite. Who got mad? Dude, there was a lot of ejections, but so many of them suck. Renteria got ejected. Bad. Vladdy, Vladdy Jr. gets ejected for the first time. Um, I made a breakdown of it. It's rather boring and benign. Uh, uh, Reese Hoskins, I have the breakdown ready to go. Same thing. And all these are the same thing. Lewis Brinson, same thing. Yasmani Grandel, same thing. They all got ejected for arguing balls and strikes, which you're not allowed to do. A majority of them, the pitch was a strike. There's this big turn recently, Jake. We're, the yeah. umps are getting these calls correct now. And I think we spent all of July, June and July with the umps getting calls like really bad and the players being correct. And all these ejections lately, the umps are right. And they're like fine calls. They're not egregious. Now, the umps still are, are, are making egregious calls. But these ejections, like Vladdy was complaining about a strike. Hoskins... Hoskins just it was a really wide zone like the dude called a low strike then called a high strike right after and they were borderline pitches but Hoskins was just like what the fuck like what am I supposed to do uh Lewis Brinson I think that one was actually not a strike Yasmani Grandel they were strikes and they're just saying like one or two words and the umps just tossing them out real quick it is funny when you do watch college football or any other sport and you see how much players yell and, like, an ejection is not part of it. They get, like, a penalty or a fine. But because the MLB doesn't have penalties or fouls or any, like, detriment to gameplay, like, momentary setbacks, 
it's just ejection. You go straight to ejection. Like there's not a penalty box. There's not yeah. you get te- pushed ten yards back. You lose a play. <laughs> it's just you're out of the game forever. Uh, so it's I don't know what they like. I don't know whatever. It, it it's too quick. They're getting ejected too fast. But players are players were whiny this series more so than Ump's being bad. Yeah, and it seemed. Uh- it seemed like it's almost like there's a little overcorrection going on in baseball right now where the guys saw the umpires being pretty atrocious for a couple months, and they're like, well, if I get a borderline pitch, even if it's kind of a strike, people are going to have my back over the umpire, so I might as well might as well make a little action out of it. But, uh, yeah, and the uh, – I, I don't know. You, you noted it well, Jimmy, but the, the Vladdy Jr. ejection, that's kind of an all-timer. All timer, yeah. Just walking it off doesn't oh, yeah, care. It was cool, yeah. He's like, all right, whatever, whatever. I'm not playing your game. I'm not yelling at you. Well, that dude, Mike Gastabrook, he ejects a lot of people. Yeah, but it's it's just so funny. Normally, normally the player getting ejected, you see them like gear up and like, all right, I'm I'm gonna put on a show. Flatty Junior is just like, I'm out of here, dude. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Reds hitting coach got ejected. Brad Osmus got ejected, and it was different reasons. He was arguing that Brandon Workman, pitcher for the Red Sox, was balking. He was like, it was like the scene from Remember the Titans. He's lining up off sides. And, he was, and Brad Osmus was like, that's a balk. He's balking. And then the third, they like weren't calling it. He wasn't coming set. I think, I think by rule, it kind of seemed like a balk. He was just kind of letting his left leg, the Workman, dangle and never really coming set. And... Austin's was going crazy, and then the third base ump just ejected him, and he ran out. He's like, he's balking, he's balking. And then the fun one is uh, Miles Michaelis. He got mad at Freddie Galvis for walking on the mound. The old unwritten rule that nobody knew about. Like when Dallas Braden got mad at A-Rod for this, A-Rod was like, I never heard of that. And majority of people in MLB never heard of it at that time. Remember, it was a big thing. Did you know of this one? Did you know of this one? And a lot of players were like, no, never heard that one. Um, Michaelis is kind of crazy. He ate a lizard. I don't know if you saw that. Mm. A live lizard. I put that in the breakdown video. Freddie Galvis was like an innocent deer. He was like, what, dude? Like, He didn't even walk like over the pitching rub or anything. Just kind of like one foot on the base of the mound. This is uh, Michaelis was losing at the time. This isn't an unwritten rule. This is like hothead pitchers. And Dallas Braden isn't a hothead off the field. He's awesome, hilarious dude. But I think when he pitched, he had to have this like fuck everything tenacity to him, which leads to being mad about something so dumb. Yeah, and what what should be the unwritten rule, because it starts getting into like danger and player health and stuff, is that you can't walk over the part of the mound like the landing foot area and stuff like that. Because that's, I mean, that actually is dangerous. We've seen when the landing area for a pitcher gets messed up, like guys are slipping and sliding, it becomes like genuinely dangerous. Galvis meant nothing. He he came across the front of the mound. He had no idea. Um, so I, I, if you have players coming across where the pitchers are trying to land and stuff, that's actually bad. But if a guy bumps the, like literally one foot in the front circle of the mound or the back circle of the mound like get out of here yeah it's crazy yeah call up watch you go into the show kid 
Hey, kid, you're going to the show. Pack your bags. And you get your bags packed and get out of here? They need you tonight. <laughs> then a <I> bind. <laughs> uh, Jim, we had a couple call-ups. Uh, uh, actually, only three. And Jim, I thought it was funny because September call-ups obviously happened. But, I mean, September call-ups nowadays with how much roster movement and guys on the 40-man and stuff, I think for a lot of teams, September call-ups are guys that you're already familiar with and have been called up. It's not bringing up a lot of the young, new guys. It's like, oh, yeah, this reliever's taking the bus 10 times this year. He's coming back up. But for call-up watch this week, we had three debuts. Uh, David Bednar, pitcher for San Diego. Wow. Uh, yeah. Bednar, huh? Bednar. Jake's ex-girlfriend's my, uh, name. College girlfriend had that last name. Uh, so David Bednar gets a call. He has a clean inning. Um, he, uh, Jim, he was from the Lehigh Valley. We're talking Lafayette College. Um, good for you, David Bednar. October 10th, birthday, a day off. He's 24. He'll get some relief innings for the Padres. Has some okay minor league numbers, whatever. Uh, Jim, my guy that I really want to talk about, Bruce Star Gratterall. Excuse me? Bruce Star Gratterall. Uh, Jim, pitcher for Minnesota. He's 21 years old. He's Venezuelan, baby. So you know I'm on the bus with him. Jim, he was a pretty big prospect. He was ranked 33 before this season by baseball prospectus. A 2-4-8 career minor league ERA. And Jim, I think this is a guy that the Twins are looking to have that kind of extra spark for this team. Can he bring it to the major league level? Could he be a weapon for them out of the bullpen in the playoffs? What sounds can he- like a, sounds like a college night. Bruising so, Adderall. Yeah, so what we need, because Jim, you saw this with a, a guy in the Yankees, Bravic Valera. We instantly realized he needed to go by Vic Valera if you, yeah. if you want a baseball name. We need something for Bruce Dar Gratterall, because I, I don't know if we got to call him Bruce or Dar or or something Just else. Brew, because right now Bruce Dar Gratterall, that's a lot going on. You think that's how it's pronounced? I mean, probably not, Jim. Yeah, I'm gonna try and find how it's. That's the kind pronounced. of name you don't find out how it's pronounced until three years later. Oh, we got it. Oh, on Baseball Reference, they don't even give, uh, like, how to say this name. Not famous yeah. enough. Three Bruce, three years once he's Bruce good. Dar. Gratterall. I don't know how else you would say the last name. Right? There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of letters in there that you can really train. Brustar? <laughs> I don't know. But um, Twins fans, reach out. Give us the Bruce Dar Gratterall nickname and scouting report. All right. Is that all? Is there one more? Final name, Jim. is a guy you saw this weekend. Uh, Sheldon Noisy. Looks like it's spelled like noose. Uh, Oklahoma Sooner boy. He's playing some second base for the A's. Got his first major league hit after going 0 for 8 or 0 for 9. It was a slappy double that thought was going to win them a game. Scratch that, reverse it. Yankees walked up. Congratulations, guys, for getting the call. He didn't have a hit for a while, right? Yeah, I think it was 0 for, 0 for 8 or 0 for 9. He's a bigger dude, too. Yeah, he's a thick second baseman. Yeah, his body type is not that of a second baseman. Body doesn't scream second base. No. Maybe that there might be a new thick second base revolution coming, Jim. Guys like Muncie, Sheldon Noisy. 
Muncie's a third baseman that sometimes plays second base. Well, I mean, that could be what Noisy's doing here a little bit, too. Oh, it could be. I just mean, like, Muncie fits what you're saying because he just looks like a third baseman and a right. first baseman. You see when Judge was standing next to Muncie, how short Muncie looked? Yeah, I mean, that Judge was rude. Was, it was Judge's 6'8". How tall is Mon- Muncie? Because he looked like me next to Judge. I mean, Muncie's a, Muncie's a tight package. If I had to guess, Dude, saying, Muncie's like, six feet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a thick guy six feet. I think Muncie's looking at a 5'11", 5'10". Dude. Aaron, go look up the pictures of Aaron Judge standing next to Max Muncie, and then... I tweeted it out when it happened. You did? Yeah. It's crazy. Damn, that's nuts. M- tall, Muncie man. feels like a 5'10 and a, a five ten and a half, six feet tall. Okay. You want to give out your awards? You go first. I will give out my award, Jim. I've got kind of a somber award today. Somber's not the right word. Um, and Jim, a, a shout out to Stephen A. Smith following in his footsteps always. Jim, I am giving off, giving up. The Stay Off the Weed Award. Uh, very prestigious, as you well know. Um, and you and I have been getting a lot of weed laugh la- laughs lately because people that stumble on your Twitter are like, yo, how high are you? And you're just like, no, my eyes. I just I look at a computer screen all day. Um, I can't do everything I'm doing crazy high. Um, Jim, the Stay Off the Weed Award goes to my Colorado Rockies as a team. Jim, they got swept by Pittsburgh. Four games at Coors Field. They dropped to the second worst record in the National League. Jim, I had to go back in the standings because I remember when you and I were getting ready to do Talking Baseball. We were getting our research on, and we were seeing, you know, looking at some teams and some players and some different things. Jim, the Rockies were firmly in the NL wildcard. They were 44-40, and 40, um, I want to say, on uh, July 1st. 44-40. and 40. Jim, since then, they are 15-39. and 39. They went from wildcard, hey, how can we make some noise in this playoff? We've got some great guys, Blackman, Arenado, some young pitchers, Marquez, 15 and 39, that's one of the worst stretches a team has gone through this season. Um, and, you know, living out here uh, in Denver, tough for my Rockies. And it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's, it's, again, one of those things that's beautiful about baseball, but not for the Rockies right now. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just thought that was shocking. Rockies, come on. Bad. They're bad. So bad. 44 and 40. Now they're going to be 15 and 40 if has they lose dude, today. Has our dude Melville pitched his third start yet? Yeah, Melville pitched yesterday. He got knocked around a little bit. The Jakey uh, Jinx. The Jakey Jinx. I got Damn, lunch. You... I got, got, some, got some lunch, got some BBQ with Timmy Melville. Um, and, yeah, so Jake Jinx is on. Wow, dude. First pitch of the game, home run. That That's is tough. the Jakey Jinx to a T. Yeah. Kevin Newman took him deep. Newman should have been on Enfuego. Yeah, well, it would have been rude to our friend Tim because then Newman yeah. got a single in the second inning. Yeah, you're right. Damn. Who's getting your award, Jim? My award is the John Boy Award. 
Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was also known as the Too Old, Too Fat Award. Oh, boy. Um, There's a video of when Jake and I did spring training in 2018 of me running around the bases, and there's I broke, I broke it down. Because I, I, first time I watched myself run around the bases in a while, and it was like, whoa, I aged out of that. Yeah. And Jared Hughes, relief pitcher, Ooh. been around for 10 years now. His thing is being a weirdo and um, kind of a geek and sprinting from the dugout to the mound and making all these faces <laughs> like he's doing some sort of like terribly uh, terrible haka. Get, getting amped up in a weird white guy tribal way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's never been like a cool look. No one's ever seen him in like that Jared Hughes guy. He's cool. He's always been like, oh, look at this geek. So he's aged out, Jake. He's too old, too fat, too John Boy-esque to be running dead sprint to the mound. And uh, JT Romuto's face rolls his eyes at him like this fucking guy. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy funny. Breakdown's really funny. I had to throw a pick off because he was so gassed. Yeah. I just can't catch his breath. And uh, J.T. Romuto said, oh, it's just bad timing. I was just rolling my eyes at something else. Like, okay, good good call, J.T. Well, we know that's not true, J.T., but we appreciate you as a teammate. So, Hughes, you've aged out of those antics. If you haven't seen it, I mean, you need you – need, if you're a baseball fan, you need to look it up. Um, sprints in from the bullpen, and he's gassed on the mound. It's not like – it's not like I just ran – because he says it's to get his blood pumping. It's not like, it's very clearly not juiced up. It's gassed. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Get a little sniff of a smelling salt before you enter now. And then like briskly jog to the mound. And you'll be yeah. there. You'll be there. It was he gave move. up, a th- through two pitches, gave up a three-run home run, walked off. <laughs> <laughs> not great. I think he did come out the next day and strike and like get retire the side. And sprinted again because he always sprints, but like JT Romano's face says it all. Oh man, I'd love to see if I I got to see if he pitched at Coors this year because with the altitude, he he must have been big time gassed. Oh, that'd be wild. All right, last segment of the day, we are doing elevator talk. Coming up, the Dodgers. Oh wow. I mean, if you're a Dodgers fan right now, there's the positive Dodgers fans and there's the Dodgers fans that just are so disappointed. Um, Oh, shit. I didn't even know Dustin May had pitched one inning. He got struck in the head by a line drive. I forgot about that. He took took a shot to the head. Um, So that's scary. That's probably the biggest topic. Uh, Are you worried about Ryu and Kershaw? I mean, if you really wanted to ask people, you would say that and... Somebody was like, no, bad starts happen. Like, they're really good pitchers. They're going to overcome two bad starts. Um, then you have the other people who are really worried about it. That's something you can say in the elevator. What else? I mean, does I think anything you, else matter? I think you lean in. You're kind of being silly. You're like, do you see that? You see Max Muncy next to Judge? He's, what, 5'10 and a half? <laughs> I, I think you start there. I think... Dodgers fans, you love talking about the lineup. Uh, hey, should we move Bellinger up in the lineup because he's one of the best hitters in baseball? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I guess you I could. Know. I don't. I don't get what they do with their lineup. They got some platoon stuff. Muncie's on the IL now. Um, he's got a wrist injury, so you start there and then you say the height thing. Um, yeah, man. I I don't know. I think the big conversation is Ryu Kershaw Bueller. Oh, and... uh, yeah. If you're, you got to get hot for the last two weeks. Like you can say, I don't care about these next couple weeks. We just got to get hot before we go into the postseason. Yeah, health health is most important. I think uh, a good elevator conversation. I think you just you just go Ryu Kershaw Bueller, and you're like, what do you think, man? Would you split up the lefties with Bueller? I guess that was a little grudeny, but um, yeah, I think you go there, and then Max Muncy five ten and a half. Yeah, yeah. I want to. Do... I guess Bellinger for MVP is still a thing, right? Yes, that's very much a thing. So you talk about that. I want to see how many times Bellinger hasn't gotten that bat in the first inning. I know that I'm fixated on this, and Dodgers fans right. are like, shut up, dude. But, uh, oh, he didn't play that game. That's why it didn't happen. But I want to see how many how many first inning at-bats has he missed because they go down one, two, three. All right, so in the, in the Diamondbacks game, the last two I looked at, it's one for one. He probably gets in that bat a lot because the Dodgers are good, and that's probably why they do it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Two, two and two now. In the last four that he started, two of them he didn't get in that bat in the first inning. Two he did. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I would just he's if he, if you have the MVP in your lineup, get him in that bat in the first inning. But I already did that whole spiel. Dustin yeah. May got hurt. Kershaw and Ryu had bad outings. How worried are you? The bullpen, is that a concern? They balked in the winning run against the Diamondbacks, which doesn't really matter, but Diamondbacks fans are such thorns in their side that Diamondbacks fans are not going to laugh at them, and they're going to be like, but we're 16 games ahead. You can't laugh at us, but really Dodgers fans are a little embarrassed and kind of like upset that they gave them any fodder to talk shit. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And I, I don't know. My, my last thing would just be there's a couple guys on this Dodgers team that I, I mentioned – I don't know how to label them. Last month of the year, guys, that can change their season. A.J. Pollock, he was hurt. He's back now. He's got a 780 OPS. Corey Seager playing shortstop. He's got a 787 OPS. You have a bad September. You end up having like a 750 OPS. That's kind of pedestrian for those two guys. You have a good September. You end up in the eights, and guys are circling you in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. that. Get, hey, Jake, real quick. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot. I do terrible at this. So I'm going to top 24 all-time Dodgers players, according to War. How many can you name? Top 24? Um, well, I could do Kof- top 10, but I don't think you're going to get it. Koufax. Koufax is number nine. Nailed it. And that's all we got on Talking Baseball. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Um, Kershaw, number one. It's pretty nuts. Then Don Drysdale, then Pee Wee Reese, then Duke Snyder, then Jackie Robinson. Some good guys. Some good guys. We're out. We'll see you guys on Friday. Sorry about the delay today. Sorry about no video today. But thank you very much for tuning into the podcast and listening. See you later.